Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And today we'd like to welcome Mira Vanjari, the Director of Programs Center for Hope and Safety in Northern New Jersey to our podcast today. Hey guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So part of what we want to talk, not part of, I mean, the purpose of having you here today is to talk about the importance of domestic violence, um, which in particularly now within the confines of the existing pandemic, we know is even riskier and more problematic than other times in the past. Um, and one of the things that we really wanted to start off asking you about is for people at home listening, <clears throat> trying to maybe determine whether or not their own circumstances would fall into the realm of where it's time for them to be looking for help and time for them to be reaching out. What would you say to that woman listening are the things that she needs to be looking for around her home? What are the signs that are the indicators that you're going to be speaking to her right now and saying to her, this is, if this is happening to you, please call us. I think the most pervasive uh, sign and um, honestly, the beginning of, you know, it just escalating is the psychological abuse. So once somebody, your partner, starts to discount, invalidate, or simply deny your thoughts and your feelings, that is number one, number one. The gaslighting, that's being thrown around a lot these days, but you know, it is really pervasive and it kind of you know, creeps in very slowly, um, but it is so damaging because you start to question your perceptions, your reality, your reality of an experience. So I would say that right there, you know, forget about, you know, what we see on, you know, as a common sign of domestic violence, which is the physicality of it all, right? Right, that aside, what are the more subtle signs that someone listening is gonna say, that happens to me? Yeah, because, you know, somebody, one survivor once said, the psychological abuse doesn't have bruises. That's right. So, so that's, that's there. How does someone determine without minimizing the severity of mm -hmm. what it is like to be in a relationship where you, your partner is trying to exert this type of psychological control over you, but how would you help someone to understand whether the circumstances that they're living in are, look, you know, you come home, you've had a long frustrating day you're just like being pissy with your partner and yeah they may be discounting something that you're saying but but it, I don't know that it's at the level at which you know someone needs to be reaching out for help I guess unless it's a pervasive pattern on a daily basis but if it's not like how do you know even in the beginning like what those initial signs are where you need to kind of wake up and say is this what's going on and see that's the paradox that's the paradox, because when it's one time here and there, 
you're right. That's somebody maybe having a bad day. Somebody, you know, the partner snapped at you, right? And then, and then it becomes a pattern. And then the apologies don't hold weight because it's too repetitive. And, and at the end of the day, it's like you look around and you are not feeling okay with the relationship. I, I think that's, you know, it, it's hard to say like one day you will wake up and say like, this is terrible and I'm unhappy and I'm not valued. And if anything, I'm disempowered. I think that's, that's how it goes. You know, it, it, there is no distinct um, sign, but it, it is a, what survivors share with us is there is a pivotal moment where it's something small, like, you know, they know something that they feel and somebody tells them, no, 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 it's not you. You know, it didn't happen. It's not my fault. Oh, why do I need to apologize? Please, you're, you're exaggerating. You're overreacting. So is it a gut check for yourself? Like if, if you just check your gut and you keep checking it and it's still giving you the same holy shit kind of feeling, um, you know, we, we want this podcast to go out to everyone nationwide. And so I know that every circumstance, every relationship, every human is different Mm -hmm. Um, and you've talked about the pervasive, you know, feelings that everyone, everyone experiences to some degree. How do you even get the strength to say, I'm going to call a hotline? How do you even connect those two pieces? Well, that is certainly a difficult step. You know, it's not easy, right? And yet we are truly a phone call away. Right. And something else I want to point out is calling us doesn't mean you leave the relationship that day or the next day, which is actually sometimes far more overwhelming than to seek help at times, because it's like, if I sought help, would that mean that I need to leave physically leave this relationship immediately? Would it mean that my partner would get in trouble? You know, also, what about the children, you know? And, and, that's, and that's the beauty where you can get help in ways that you're ready for. So if it's just a call and say, hey, you know, these things are happening and I, they don't feel right. And sometimes all you need is a validation. And we have had survivors working with us in that way that they have taken weeks, months, even years to actually exit the relationship. So support doesn't mean leaving immediately. As long as you know physically or you know the danger level don't go to the point of somebody really getting hurt. And go ahead, Tej. Well, I would imagine it's also important to have your community or someone to go to to kind of be a sounding board for you, but not in a threatening way. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you know your confidence, their confidence level must be so buried that they're going to question their own decisions. So to really find someone you can trust is probably also really scary, right? Right. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, what happens in um, these violent relationships, emotionally, psychologically, or physically is there is a sense of isolation. And then you throw in COVID 
absolutely, right? So everything is, you know, it, it's not natural, right? Because you could have been sitting at work, you know, at the in the cafeteria and somebody says, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And you might just have that natural opportunity, right? To see that you can trust somebody and now COVID has taken that away, right? So now it's very deliberate when you reach out to somebody. Um, so if you have somebody that, you know, you can trust and know that they won't, you know, pressure you either way to stay or to leave because I, I think that's when sometimes people clam up because it, it's really painful to have to talk about it. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, with our hotline, if they call, it, it is anonymous. You can still get the support and get some resources. You know, we might say like, are you here? Like, how can we help? Do you wanna just talk to somebody? And well, and the upside with COVID too is like, you can have sessions with our case managers on the phone. You know, if you go out to walk the dog for 15 minute check-in, like just check in, you can have that. So let me ask you, cause you are the director of the programs there and presumably to some extent, the work that you do, which is amazing. And the work that are, that's done at, at battered women's shelters and domestic violence shelters across the country is probably somewhat similar and aligned with what the programs are. So what would you say for you guys are kind of like the most critical programs? You may have a variety, but if you were to choose two that are like, these are the ones that are the most impactful for these women families that, that come through the center, what would those be? You know, I, I'm gonna have to say our shelter because mm. once you are truly fleeing, and you have no, like literally nowhere to go. Um, I have to say the shelter. Uh, I would say the second one that in, in the long term ends up being really empowering and helpful to the clients as well as our legal program. Uh, and I know you asked me about two, but I have to put in another one in. Okay. And it is our economic empowerment team. And the reason for that is sometimes even when you do that gut check, like you said, and you know this is not right, you survivors tell us they literally don't have money to do anything because that control has been taken away from them. They have not worked because employment was not ever an option because they were always in there or with COVID, they may have lost those things, right? So COVID really does throw that wrench in and it actually makes our you know, survivors out there and victims out there really even more vulnerable. Tell us about why the legal program is such an, a pivotal program for your, for your survivors. Absolutely. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about the community, right? And the community includes our legal system coming together and protecting the most vulnerable. So the legal program provides that advocacy, that empowerment and representation, legal representation to get that um, restraining order to get that order of protection and if there are children involved you know that's another um, variable that keeps a lot of the um, spouses or partners in relationships that are really harmful to them and the children and all of a sudden now they have an advocate you know who has their back and is working through the legal system and you know appropriately using the legal system to get some justice right right um, there's still so much more to be able to talk about, but we're out of time. Um, so I do want to thank you so much for bringing this information to not just the ex-experts community, but the community at large, because 
I know this is a cause that's really close to TH's heart. Um, we're so happy to be able to be working with you guys and partnering with you to bring awareness to everyone. Um, and I just wanna say for everyone listening, the national hotline uh, for domestic abuse is on the ex-experts website. We have that right there for you. But for anyone listening, if you wanna write it down, it's 800-799-7233. And um, Mira, I believe that from one of the other um, times we had spoken with someone on your team, if someone's in the local New York area or the Bergen, Care, Bergen County area and want to reach out to you, I believe the email is info at hopeandsafetynj.org. Yeah. Um, so that would be great. So for anyone who wants to be able to help in any kind of a way. So really just thank you so much for bringing all of this to us. Um, for anyone listening, if you know anyone in your life that this could help, please share. This is vitally important information. We want to be able to spread the word as far and wide as possible. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the X-Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.